Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Roasted Games Podcast. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Bill Price. And today we are going to jump into what we always jump into right away, because we've got a lot to talk about, I think. A lot. And that is, uh, what have we been playing? Yes. Um, I will uh, I will bust this off with a few. Um, I've been playing a lot of... Um, Animal Kingdoms and Bees the Secret Kingdom. So that's, I guess, a lot of kingdoms. <laughs> um, so uh, we talked about both of those last week, I believe. Yeah. Um, you still haven't played Bees, correct? I haven't played Bees. I did get a, but we you, did get a play of Animal Kingdom in. Yes. Which was think? really fun. I really like that game. Yes. Um, but I, yeah, I yet to play Bees, but I'm looking forward to checking it out. So I've played Animal Kingdoms now. Um, Three player, four player, and five player. And honestly, it's fantastic at every player count. And uh, I I don't think it gets enough yeah. enough credit. But I know it's honestly everyone who's played it has has finished with the same kind of thoughts that you and Brandon had, which was, Man, I really like this game. Yeah, it just does so many things good. Like it's a very straightforward game. Yeah. Once you learn to play, it's like, okay, oh, I get this. This is very simple. The mechanisms are simple here, but there's just so much replayability in it. Like the fact that every time it's going to be drastically different, drastically each um, kingdom is going to have a different goal and the kingdoms, um, like the spaces in the kingdoms are static, but what you need to focus on in that kingdom is going to be different. And there's just such, such very dynamic. So it's very surprisingly dynamic. Yeah. And it, it, it really sets up so that like some kingdoms that are really hard to play on early, uh, are just really, really easy to play on later. Um, and so there's you never quite know, okay, so is this where I'm going, going to end and go out and take the capital city here so that yeah. I can have an advantage in future rounds? But then you don't know, all of a sudden that could be uh, the spot that you can't play anything, but everyone else can. Right, yeah. So you never quite know. It's uh, It does have a lot of replayability. It feels really, really different, uh, even from round to round. It plays drastically different, and I really, really like that, um, which is probably my favorite part of all of it. But uh, I tweeted this, that, uh, and this has gotten like 2,200 views oh, wow. and <laughs> like five or six ret- retweets and a whole bunch of likes and everything. But I, I just tweeted how much that every time we get it to the table, how much I like it more and more each time. And um, it's I my expectations were low, were sure. really low. I backed this to support, you know, small publishers and especially somebody in Carla that we knew. Mm-hmm. And um and I, I like the artwork and everything, but just watching like the the demo playthrough on Kickstarter and everything was just like okay, this will be fine. Yeah. It's a uh, it's it's generally area control, which if you've listened to our previous episode about uh, things that turn us off in games, uh, that tends to. So I did not have any any expectations at all, and this was a huge surprise for me. So I I really really like it and. Uh, it's one of those weird games where the more I play it, the more I want to play it. Sure. Yeah. As opposed to a lot of my favorite games, I'll play it a couple of times and go on. Okay. Well, I love that game, but I'm ready to <laughs> yeah. do something else. On to the next game for a bit. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's funny. I think both times we've talked about area control and how <laughs> it can be sometimes uh, fall flat for us. We've had like, mm-hmm. but 
because <laughs> last time what was it it was uh uh atelier and we were like area control but atelier but. does it really well and area control but animal kingdom does it really well yeah yeah there's something satisfying about it it's just i think the being able to um claim uh, what's it called again when you f- claim that territory uh you the become the capital city capital city yeah yep. when you take the capital city that's such a fun decision to mull over because obviously once you take it um, you're limiting what you can, or you're stopped what you can yeah, do you're for out of the round. round. Yeah. So you kind of hope that it's going to play out. Uh, the other players are going to sort of battle it out and have a standstill. Um, uh, but it is a, it's a powerful move, but also there's a time for it. And so you can, I don't know, I just really love the push your luck element of trying to one more round. Okay, I'll go one more round and then, and then, oh no, they took it. Dang it. All right, well now right. I got to re-figure out my strategy. But there's more options available to you if you do lose that option. Yeah, and that's that's the other big thing too is you could you're you're limited in what you can play. You only have four cards in your hand, and every kingdom has extremely different rules for placing cards and thus placing animals in that kingdom. So there may be one you really really want to claim you don't have the cards for. So do you do you rally? Do you discard and draw a new one and right. hope that that's going to allow you in the next turn to make that claim? Or do you turn around and play something somewhere else and kind of hope to get a second majority? Yeah. Uh, get a bunch of seconds. That's, that's what Brandon did is he got second in like everything. I had a whole bunch of first places, but yeah. it wasn't enough to, uh, to balance that out. So. Yeah. He was just consistent throughout and then, yeah. So that was yeah, uh, really great, really yeah. great game. Surprisingly, uh, really fun surprise. Yes, agreed. And that was Animal Kingdoms by Galactic Raptor Games. Uh, we also played that same day we played is uh, another surprise. I, I was very surprised by this. There's another one. I, we were both talking about this. How we were like kind of like, oh, okay, we'll play this. And I was pushing to play this uh, Saboteur. Yes. And so we finally got um, Saboteur played. I've been trying to get this played for a while and it's old and it's really old <laughs> it's the uh the game that is as far as i'm aware of and i could be wrong but i believe it's the one that first introduced the trader mechanism into a game and the premise is that you are a bunch of dwarves or gnomes i mean it says dwarves but you look like garden gnomes yeah you're a bunch of small fantasy yeah humans but with it's beards like classical european dwarves that look like gnomes anyway i don't really get it but right. you're creating a series of mines and mining down to these gold veins that you know are uh there you, and he plays over three different mines and in those three different mines one of you potentially is going to be or depending on player count one or two or three of you are going to potentially be a saboteur which is trying to um the saboteur is trying to obst- obstruct the mines or get in the way of the miners so that at the end of the game, they can be the one to get all the gold by themselves. If the saboteur fails, though, the miners will get to the gold and then split it up between themselves and leave the saboteur out. Um, but I was really worried that this would feel like so heavy and like kind of hitting you over the head with the trader mechanism and just feel like it's just it's like it's clever, but not that fun. But I was so surprised at how quick and fun this game turned out to be. I, yeah, I, I, I was too, for sure. <laughs> Because we played it, we played a three-player. Yeah, so you, Brandon, and me. And then um, um, there was one round where no one was a saboteur, and there was two rounds where one of us was a saboteur. And it was just fun to feel the play of that, uh, how that changed drastically. Anyway, the saboteur it was won both times. Both times, both, yeah, both, both rounds, yeah. Um, so I think maybe at a smaller player count, the saboteur might have a little bit of a, an advantage, but. Um, I, it played surprisingly well at three. I was thinking because it plays three to ten. Yeah. And so I was thinking, okay, you most games that have such a 
large player count are usually more geared towards a large player count. Like Secret Hitler, you can play with what? Like four? Right. But who's going to play yeah. four player no Secret fun. Hitler? Yeah. Like that's <laughs> it's not a real thing. Yeah. Like that doesn't even start being a game until at least six. Right. Preferably seven. Um, but but it puts in the four. So I'm like, okay, does Saboteur put in, it can play at three player because <laughs> it's the kiss of death if they're can. like five to ten. Right. Um, but no, it played surprisingly well at three. You really played well. you played it more. You played it what, five? I played it uh, four, four. I played it at four. four. And okay. four was fun. I I'd, um, So at five, it jumps up to another Saboteur. So I haven't played it there, but I'd really like to play it with higher player counts to see how that changes. But even at four, it changed drastically because four... There was more suspicion there, and then we had one game where two players were sure the other one was a saboteur, so they kept breaking each other's tools. <laughs> and, and then eventually they kind of realized, wait a minute, I don't think you're a They're like, I don't think you're a saboteur. And so they realized sort of mid-game, but they were going after each other. Huh. Uh, so it was really funny where that suspicion was there. Um, <laughs> well, that's the beauty of those kind of games. Right, because exactly. Because you yeah. can just really be so intent that it just clouds your judgment. As a player, and uh, I think that's that's really neat, especially when you can get into a game like that. The thing I really liked about it, uh, especially with with three, and I think it's the same all the way up, is that you don't know if there's a saboteur. Right. So it kind of plays on like my really my favorite thing about Dead of Winter. And if any of you know me, you know I love Dead of Winter. Um, and Dead of Winter has that potential traitor mechanism, but it's potential. Right. So you can play a whole game not knowing if there's even a traitor. Yeah. Um, odds are that there is, yeah. but they're not great odds. It's like 60, 60 40 odds, right, you know? Right. So it's it's there's very much a potential that you, you might just be playing into each other's fears. Right. And, right. Uh, and that that's really neat. And that, to me, makes that game especially like feel so edgy and suspenseful all the time and i kind of got that that same vibe yeah here is that you're you're kind of reading into everything everybody does and you only have a, a very small hand of cards so uh, odds are and there's so many action cards so odds are you may not even be able to play a, a path a mind path which is kind of what you're doing is you're building these playing these cards to build a path from uh from the start to the mines and so you may have turns where you don't have something you can build. And so you're right. just drawing cards. Instead, you're discarding and drawing. And people may be thinking, oh, he's not helping out. <laughs> or you're playing a dead end somewhere just to get rid of the card. And it doesn't matter. And like, oh, he dead ended over here. What does he know that we don't know? Right. Um, or a path then, that goes not the perfect way. Yeah. It's like, it's still a path, but it's like, well, that's not ideal, right. but not every card's ideal, of course. So, And then in both games where there was a trader, there was that moment where, <laughs> bam, a card was played and you just instantly knew. Right, yeah. You're like, oh, okay, <laughs> I got this. I see what's happening <laughs> There's here. There's very little suspense here now, but... Um, but no, I, I really like that the fact that it, there's a, a potential. I think my favorite games have that that sort of optional trader. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And because because that that is the beauty of it. If you don't know for sure, you just suspect everything. If you, you can know for sure, yourself too, yeah, you, you go hilarious. into it. If you just know there's a trader, you go into it differently. Totally. Yeah. You know, but. But if you don't know, you're just, am I picking up on something? Am I not picking up on something? So it's, uh, I, I love that. And I know a lot of people, uh, like I know some people on the Dice Tower have complained about that specifically. 
about uh, Dead of Winter that you don't know. Oh, yeah, and, I agree. And they're That's like, the well, best it just part. makes everybody mad at everybody else. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does but that's the kind of game you're playing it's a zombie apocalypse yeah, like of yeah. course you're supposed to be kind of yeah he'd be on distrusting edge distrusting and on edge for everybody it's <laughs> that's the way it's supposed to be you're you're building in that that tension so yeah it's saboteur i we talked about this and you mentioned it it, it really was a game you have been like i've been wanting to try this i'm like mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah sure <laughs> with through gritted teeth yeah that sounds great yeah i have so many other things to do like, right. like you sure, know yeah we'll get yeah, we'll get to it i gotta brush my hair <laughs> um i gotta tax season's coming up yeah you i know? gotta do all kinds of things here that, that just ah oh, man i'm not gonna be able to play saboteur <laughs> But then you kind of caught us, and you'd already played it, and you said I it was it once, really cool. Yeah. So, so I was like, excited to I'm like, show okay, you guys. Okay, if if he's played it now and he says it's good, I'm going to give it a chance. But it doesn't look great. No, it looks very basic. And uh, and just the concept of it, I'm just like, mm, okay, yeah, I'm super excited to play this. But it actually was really really cool. Uh, it I, seems like one of those games that would yeah. just be nonstop annoying take that never ending yeah but it but it's it wasn't not. it really not isn't at all. it really not isn't at all. Yeah. No, it, it, like you said it does an amazing job of capturing that sort of paranoia but in a very light and quick gameplay so it's it's not it doesn't overstate it well it's welcome the rounds are very fast and um you feel like you've got a lot of options for, if you're the saboteur or not to try to to try to offset what's going on i have to say too one thing i'm impressed about is just the the ratios of cards, so the route cards and what routes are available, and then the action cards uh, to either break or fix tools. I never felt like, like there's always cards you're waiting for potentially, like if something broken, but usually it comes up somehow, or if you're yeah. on the, not the saboteur, someone can help you. So I was pretty impressed with the ratio, how they, they mathed out the ratios of the cards. I think it's, it's just impressively designed. Um, yeah, it's funny too. Cause I even talked to Corey Amandola from, uh, concept medley we, he's, he mentioned that he really likes saboteur. So I even got this glowing review before we played too. And I was still like, eh, we'll see. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> but, it looks, uh, looks, looks great. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said Amandola, Andalora. Sorry, Corey. I was watching football and Danny Amandola had some highlight reels. So this was on my mind. Um, <laughs> Corey Andalora. Did, uh, had have rave reviews about it, so it really made me uh, uh, interested, more interested, but definitely didn't put me over the edge. But that being said, there are some really interesting expansions, and um, there's a two-player duel, which I can't imagine what that even is. There's but, expansions to Saboteur? Yeah, there's a little... Um, oh. uh, I can't remember what they do, but there are just little tweaks. There's, actually, there's another reprint of the game, too, where they kind of fleshed it out into a broader... Like, there's a, We were kind of talking about one thing that would have benefited the game is having like a player board yeah. that represents the mine grid. Um, they basically did that and then redid the art and stuff like that. So I don't know too much about it, but they kind of um, rehashed a bunch of hmm. things. So, That's neat. So anyway, yeah, really, really worth checking out. That's Saboteur. Um, I have I have a couple more, but but I'm going to hold off on two of them till next week. But uh, one I really wanted to, to talk about was our big play of Dinosaur Island. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, me and Kaz and our buddy Brandon got uh, got together one day during the week when everyone else was working and uh we we played a big ass game of dinosaur island yes and uh i i've played it solo a bunch of times so i'm I was pretty familiar with it uh, i did win of course <laughs> um but i'd never played it with anyone else and i was really excited to see like kind of what real humans would do as decisions right, right. as opposed to an ai just wrecking the board for no right, right. reason um and I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, what did you think? I liked it. I so it's um, 
it's not i wouldn't say it's a super heavy game but it's heavy ish and so there's a lot going on yeah there's a lot going on and so any like any of those games i i i my experience was uh i kind of misunderstood a couple of things or um did a few things wrong at the beginning so i didn't set myself with the greatest like basically what i misunderstood was the economy <laughs> and how important it is to manage that closely um so i kind of set myself up the first few rounds that i didn't play ideally but once i kind of got into the groove of it i really really enjoyed it it's it's very um it reminds me what does it remind me of it reminds me a little bit of baron park like just slightly there's a sense of the choice options of like baron park has a really good set of like choice options available you and strategy direction that you can choose based on building your park up so just a very minimal way or it had a feel of that where You've got to select in the marketplace, do I want people, do I want locations, uh, or do I want um, core structures that are going to boost my power up? And so choosing those strategy routes was very interesting. And then tied with that is the cost. And it's a shifting market, so the costs are going to be, as things are bought, things are going to slide up and get cheaper and cheaper. And so it's a press-your-luck thing where you're waiting for the thing you want, but everyone might want that. Right. So you really have to time things correctly. And then also tied just above all of that is what kind of dinosaurs you want you park and what kind of park you want. So it yeah. had this really fun light side of that. Like what park do I really want? And then yeah. how do I achieve that? Cause you, you can build to it. I mean, you could totally. build, uh, because like herbivores are super quick and cheap to build. Yeah. So you can build a whole go for shit ton of them. And you'll, you'll do the same thing as if you take your time and do a couple of large carnivores who are going to up your threat level a lot, but also up your excitement. Yeah. Um, and your excitement levels, what you, know, you draw park visitors out of this bag and your excitement level is what tells you how many visitors you can draw. And some are hooligans and they, they don't give you any money. And, uh, <laughs> but everyone you pull out and you have a space for in your park, um, you can you can get like victory points or money or whatever uh, the spots are open for them, but um, it to to me it I, I guess I'm trying to I'm, try, I'm trying to digest this whole comparison to Baron Park. Um, I guess it's <laughs> like Baron Park if Baron Park were like ten times heavier and the bears actually ate people. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's park. not a direct for sure. <laughs> just I, they just felt similar to me and basically in the okay. uh, the. Selection of how to expand your park. Baron Park is yeah, more of a Tetris, uh, Tetris, Tetris fitting it together. Yeah. But you're also the each piece is like a type of animal or type of bear. Yeah. So you kind of and, and they worked well together. So just in that sense of well, kind of like almost a that. little Tetrisy in that, bit, that yeah. you have when you buy rides when you buy dinosaurs they are a uh, certain length and they do have to fit spatially on your your park map. Yeah. Um, but so it's not really super hard until you get. Very far along, you right? Know, you don't right, have to, right. But, but yeah, I guess, you're you know. not going to make huge mistakes right, right. off the bat. But <laughs> dang it, if you put all your dinosaurs smack dab in the middle, and you don't have enough room on either side, then yeah, you've. You know what I want to do? I was I was thinking about it later, and because there, there's the other thing that's great about it is there's so many ways, like you're saying, that you could go after herbivores, and I really actually would like to try that strategy because it seems like it's not enough points. You'd have to get so many dinosaurs produced, mm-hmm. but definitely seems viable. But what I really want to do is have one dinosaur and then just try to go after supplementary buildings just like hat shops and storing <laughs> food but i have one hadrosaur and that's it but then i just build out just souvenir shops around it i wonder if that's viable i i don't know because each one of those that you build has spots that uh, a lot of them will give you extra money too. yeah they, they're pretty powerful if you can so, get the people in yeah so if you can build up initially enough of those get people in them and then you just all of a sudden you're the one who has 
twice as much money as everybody else. Yeah, you, build you like can muscle people three hadrosaurs to get the enough excitement for people coming in. Yeah, the excitement level will be your your only issue. It's a you big ha- hang up. You yeah. really have to get uh, dinosaurs to get that excitement level up. But I imagine if you were to get the economy rolling super duper early, like yeah. you're talking about, um, you could get enough money that you could just start like just going ape shit on dinosaurs yeah. at that point and then <clears throat> fill everything up. So I don't know. That that's that would be an interesting strategy try to try out. Uh, I went mostly uh, I, I had a lot of dinosaurs. Yeah. But uh mostly herbivores and small carnivores. I don't think I created any like big dinosaurs. Brandon did. Uh he had less dinosaurs than me, but they were kind of worth a, a little bit more. Uh, but I just went really nuts towards like middle and end game of just getting my excitement level up as high as I possibly could, spend a lot of um, money buying upgrades to do my security level so the dinosaurs wouldn't escape and eat people. And I ended up grabbing 15, 16 yeah. guys out of the bag every time, which which is, is tough to catch uh, at the end. But and especially because the the um, and and this is going to change every time the uh, the objective cards. Right. Uh, the, yeah. One of the ones we we had was uh, make three dinosaurs in one turn. One was uh, something else that encouraged quick building. Um, yeah. Certain have each type of. Uh, oh yeah. Make shop. us get seven seven victory points off of dinosaurs in a certain. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it was very much uh very much one of those those things where it the way i played kind of tailored to the objective cards a bit uh we played a medium game uh this game you can do uh dinosaur island you can do uh, a short game a medium game or a long game yeah and i think i'm gonna go for long game next time but the medium game was a, a nice it was probably what an hour and a half maybe yeah hour? i'd say about that i i felt like it was over i was surprised when it was over i was like oh Man, okay. Like, uh, I wanted to play more, so I, I definitely think the long game. Like, if this, if you like this game, you're probably playing long games more often, just because yeah. it's such. I heard the short game is way too short. Like, I could, as I could soon imagine as you, that. Medium felt short to me. Yeah, as soon as you just start to get to where you're like, okay, I feel like I know where I'm gonna go. The game's over because it just ends. Yes, like it's once the objective, certain amount of objectives are done, done, then it's just boom, done. Yeah. So there's no like one more round. No, that that round that it happens <clears throat> in is the last round. So. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely want to play it again. I'm super excited. I'm more excited now than I was to get it played. And I've been excited to get it played <laughs> multiplayer. But now that I've I've seen it, I actually want to bring it to game night because I think we could do it in a game oh, night. Oh, totally. We could yeah. do a medium game in a game night. Yeah. What's the max player count? Uh, four. Okay. So we could do four. It would probably take an hour and a half. Uh, we could do four on a game night and with a medium game in an hour and a half, and I think still have time to play other games. Oh, absolutely, I think so. So my biggest fear was that we'd show, I'd show up with it, and it would take three hours to play, <laughs> and everyone would be like, oh, "I'm not going to get to play anything else." And yeah, you know, everyone's standing around. We we're going to go, uh, but now that I've seen kind of how it it evolves, and and I think it's fairly quick to pick up on. I think yeah, I after think so. the first couple of rounds, and I think. Too, it helps, um, especially you uh, and Brandon, if, if he comes next time, would be uh, that you just learned it. Yeah. So you know kind of the things that you missed in the beginning. Yeah. So you could help somebody new say, hey, here's something I kind of struggled with <laughs> yeah. that, that I think was maybe glossed over a little bit, you know, uh, and, and I think that's 
that always helps to have in a game somebody who just learned it. I, yeah, that's a good point. I agree. I think it's always helpful. Yeah. You can be like, hey, I, this is this. I missed this the first time, so don't yeah, forget this I, little thing here. So it's probably not just me, <laughs> uh, although sometimes it's just me. Yeah. Um, the one thing I love about that game, though, is that um, getting the dinosaurs is really easy. It's not hard easy. to get dinosaurs. So it's really the really what you're jockeying for position really is the um, supplementary employees and then some buildings, some other supplementary buildings, which are powerful for sure. But you've got options there. But I love the fact that you can really unhindered almost completely unhindered get the dinosaurs which is cool yeah there's not really much in the way of competition for dinosaurs i mean in in the beginning obviously there's only so many available yeah um so like i imagine in a four-player game somebody'd be out of a dinosaur recipe every time but once you have the dinosaur recipe you can keep making that dinosaur right as long as you're upgrading your paddocks and you can get up to to size four paddocks to hold four dinosaurs so you don't have to get a new recipe every turn right um, and they're surprisingly easy to make uh, because the DNA is not super difficult to get. You can go after what you want. Uh, you can get to the point where you create several dinosaurs in a turn, which which I like. Um, and and the key, yeah, the key more becomes getting people into the park, uh, getting spots for them. Yeah. Uh, that can either get you money or victory points or both. Um, and and it it's becomes kind of less about hey, cool, we have dinosaurs, and more about, hey, I'm managing this park yeah. that happens to have dinosaurs. Yeah. So It feels I, very much like a sim game in that way. <laughs> yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. That's uh, Dinosaur Park by Pandasaurus Games. Uh, so last one. Dinosaur I'll... Park, Dinosaur Island. Dinosaur, yeah. <laughs> Man, we're all kinds of off our game today. Uh, last one I'll mention is I got a play-in of, um, uh, oh, shoot, what's it called? Maniac, no, not Maniac. Oh, Monster, Monster Slaughter. Slaughter. Yeah, I was gonna say. Maniac yeah, what you think? That's right. I really liked it. It was very interesting. Um, that it was not exactly what I expected. But I told you it was light. Yeah, it's light, but yeah, and it was um, it's it was it was really funny. That game is so funny, unintentionally funny, and a lot of fun. More like, intentionally funny. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, I'm sure there's a lot of intentional humor in it as well. But um. Yeah, I wasn't exactly expecting. So basically, it's just like it's like Cabin in the Woods or any horror movie that about teenagers in the woods, but the monsters are jockeying for the basically to be the first one to to murder them, to murder them, and it sounds heavier than and more horrifying than it is to to be the one to murder them. But there's also um, you kind of like place bets as each monster family places bets on who will die when and if they and then they choose one of their targets like them. I'm gonna kill the the jock guy or cheerleader or whatever i'll be the one to do that so you're you're trying to to all do the same thing but you each have your own specific order you want it to happen in mm-hmm. and so you can get in each other's way you can um and you don't know the order of everyone right, you else don't, it's mysterious so, yeah so that's and, that's one of the cool things and so you can get in each other's way throughout the process in really fun and funny ways um so it's just sort of this <laughs> this comical i mean it's very serious trying to murder these teenagers but you're also <laughs> trying to like jockey for position <laughs> to do it in the right order and so it's i found it so fun uh fun to play it was a really fun game yeah I, I i really liked it too uh my my favorite part really is the being able to get the points and wager on what order everyone's gonna die in and who you specifically want to make sure that you uh that you get rid of i i really think that's a neat mechanism without that it's i there's not much game to it without no that, but no that's the core of it for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really, really like that, that they were able to put in something 
um, something gamery and substantial like that yeah. into such a light game. Yeah. Massively overproduced, super yeah. fun to look at. Uh, I don't think I would like it nearly as much if it weren't overproduced. Yeah, if it didn't have this huge part of it. 3D cabin, you know, with these just massive just cubes, detailed miniatures. Just cubes moving around. Yeah, I would just be like, eh, okay. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. I'm glad you liked it. I'm, I'm glad you got a chance to play it. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to I'd play that anytime. Um, the monster powers are also really good and, and unique and individual. I definitely want to play it again and try another ability. Um, and uh, yeah, just overall, really, really fun light game. If you can get over the fact that you're trying to murder teenagers, it's. Oh, I think it's a game for anybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who, I, we can get over that. Uh, I got over it in a second. Yeah, this. yeah. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> Another 10 years or so, and you might get really be into that genre. <laughs> so, all right. Um, so that was what we played. I'm going to save my last two plays for next week because uh, we want to get to our uh, our topic today, which is a top five list. Ah! Yeah, we're going to talk to some. Our first top five list of 2020, oh. of season two. Season two, starting it off with. Yes. Top five. City Builders. City Builders. Um, I specifically, I'm going to preface this with i specifically left off what i feel like are the two best city builders around in suburbia and quadropolis uh, i love both of them i think they're both great uh they do what they do very differently uh but very well so uh they are not like clones of each other or anything like that uh but i left them off because i kind of wanted to dive into a little like deeper city builders uh, ones that aren't like prototypical like sim city clones yeah things that use that sim uh that city building mechanism but you wouldn't walk around going oh well that's just a straight up city builder right right uh so that's that's kind of a preface of my list so yeah um yeah mine mine i was realizing that i have played i was trying to define exactly city because city builders i don't know it can be deferred to find a few different things or broadened to encompass a lot more games than you might than rigidly thinking of so we'll see how my list comes out but i was realizing i haven't played as many strict city builders as i'd thought so um most of these are i would say fall right in line but there's a couple here that i was like i'm gonna throw that in and then as long as you can justify yeah. why you think it's a city builder. i will defend it Absolutely. to the world defend away all right you want to start or do you want me to th- jump into it um i can start go for it so um number five on my list is uh seven wonders duel so this is a city builder because you are drafting cards uh it's two-player game uh you're drafting cards and you are building up your city there you go um your capital city and uh you're adding different uh um types of of cards so so different like buildings and different uh, guilds and things like that, and you're constructing this city to uh, overpower and outmatch either scientifically, economically, or by war uh, your opponent. And uh, it's all drafting, and I, I really enjoy drafting a lot. Uh, we've talked about that before. But uh, I think it's a really, really good city builder that I don't think people walk by and say, oh, Seven Wonders Duel, yeah, that's a total city builder. 
Uh, but it is at its core. That's, that's exactly what you're doing the whole time is you're building these buildings in your city that give you powers and let you do things uh, to manipulate the game. So um, I feel that it is 100% a city builder and I really, really like it and really recommend it. Yeah. Um, so my first one is one that's, I think falls in line. It's more of an estate builder. It's just castles of Burgundy. This is a classic Good one. Yeah. It's been on a lot of people's lists, but I think what it does, what it does really well. It's, um, it's, it's probably the most, <laughs> the Steffenfeld game that I like the most, um, that I, I don't know, whatever. It's my second favorite. Yeah. So his, I don't know. His games are hit and miss for me, but this one I really enjoy and I just like to play it. My wife and I like to play this a lot together. And it just does does it really well. You're building an estate, I guess, versus a city, but um, it has the same components of like a city builder. It's basically the same structure, and you're just you're just uh, using dice, which are always great. <laughs> you're battling in the marketplace for um, certain things that you want to add to your estate. But there's a lot of options to uh, go after, and I just really find it satisfying, and I, I love this game. So I think it belongs on any. Any list of city building or estate building, uh, this is a definitely a, a solid choice. That that is a really good one. Have you played um, the card game version of it? I haven't yet. So here's here's the weird part. Like I I actually I played both. I kind of prefer the card version. It's a little shorter, uh, but it basically duplicates almost to the the letter what the the yeah. larger game does. Um, the weird thing about it is it's a this massive table hog. Yeah. It yeah. takes up like twice that. the space of Castles of Burgundy. Right. It's a, and it's a it's the card game version. So it's supposed to be a smaller version. So I don't necessarily understand that. So make sure you don't play it on anything less than a gigantic banquet table. Right. <laughs> um but it is uh it it has a lot of the same it, it, almost all the the mechanisms are still there just you you have cards that have dice on them that mm-hmm. you play rather than uh rolling dice so um it was the first one of the two that i played oh, was the card game version so that might be why i kind of have a give it a slight edge it is a little shorter too okay um but it's it has the same feel and kind of scratches that same edge so um that's not on my list. I just, as an aside, since we were talking about <laughs> yeah, Castles yeah. of Burgundy, um, there is a card game. There's also a a dice game version yeah. of it that I have not heard nearly as many good things about. Yeah, likewise. Uh, I haven't. It's almost like a roll and write kind of yeah. ga- Castles of Burgundy, which I'll pass. Um, <laughs> all right. So um, my next one is not going to be on Kaz's list uh, at all because Kaz... Hasn't always I loved this game. Know what it is? Uh, it is Ragusa, and I think I really, really have taken to Ragusa a lot. Um, I've played it now solo. I've played it two player. Played it with max five players, and uh, I really, really like it. And and I'm gonna call it a city builder because you are building like you know, buildings and walls and, and things in the city. Yeah, I think it is. So I don't know if it's, uh, I, I certainly wouldn't ever fall in the same category as like a city sim type of game. Cause it's definitely not that, but, uh, but I think as far as, uh, what I consider to be, uh, city building mechanisms, uh, I would put that right up there. And I think it does what it does really, really well. Um, 
very uniquely, I think. I don't think there's any other games that do quite what Ragusa does. Uh, and so that's that's uh, going to be my number four. That's Ragusa by um, <laughs> Game Company. Yeah. Uh, brain Crack. Yes. Oh, right. All right. My number four is um, another classic, and that's Alhambra. So Alhambra is, I guess, another one that's kind of <laughs> considered a state builder. I, I looked it up, and Alhambra is actually the name of the, the palace. So you are building around a palace, similar to Castles of Burgundy. So I guess this is the um, uh, Persian version of Castles of Burgundy. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Alhambra is just a really good, solidly designed game that has a lot of... It's very streamlined, um, and it, I don't know... It's kind of feeling as age, I guess, but not because it plays badly. It's just a very straightforward game. Uh, but it does a great job of, obviously, within your own Alhambra, you are trying to um, design it in certain ways that make sense for you. But then there's all these communal goals out there that you're trying to achieve before other people achieve them. And uh, I just like it. It's just a really satisfying game to get to the table. This is another one of the games that I have as an app that I'll jump on every once in a while because I find the gameplay pretty satisfying. So Alhambra is always a good choice for us to just break out, especially to intro to people. I find it a good game to intro to a little bit more advanced game in that sort of city building style of game. Mm-hmm. just gives you just enough choices to have satisfaction within it, but also not overwhelm like new players. Yeah, I, I, would, consider, uh, I would consider it to be uh, kind of a gateway. Yeah. Uh, it's, but, but definitely classic for sure. Uh, yeah, good call. Good one. Uh, speaking of classics, <laughs> my number three is an all-time classic and is uh, older, but uh, still, I believe, still in the top 50 on BGG. Was number one for a long time, and that's Puerto Rico. Yeah. I really, really enjoy Puerto Rico. I always have since the first time we played it. Um, we actually played San Juan first is weird that we're playing the smaller versions (laughs) of every game first um and really really liked what that did uh because san juan uses the race for the galaxy system uh so you know you pick the you know what what uh what you're gonna be like the governor or whatever uh your role um and which is what happens in puerto rico and we we really really liked it and Everyone's like, oh, well, you know, that's the card game version of Puerto Rico. We're like, oh, Puerto Rico sounds like it's a real game. It's one of the very first real, you know, like Euro type games that I ever got after Catan. And um, so I'm like, okay, let's give it a try. And every time I've played it, I've really, really enjoyed it. It is uh, a little bit of a bear to set up because you have to put all the buildings, sort all the buildings, and then they all go in their spots in the the marketplace in the, the middle. But you're building your estate um and and you're you're putting buildings in there that give you powers and ultimately you're just trying to ship goods off and make money um and it's uh it is to me the definition of a city builder you're you're putting buildings together and you're creating an engine and you're making everything work in synergy uh to do the things that you have to do and it's it's one of the originals, and uh, I think it still holds up to this day. Uh, it is still a great game, and I don't think any other games quite do exactly what Puerto Rico does mm-hmm. uh, the same way. So, nice. you played Puerto Rico? I never have. That's one of those classic games I just oh, never have played. <laughs> we should we should play. Yeah, that I'd, for I'd sure. love to play it. 
Um, all right, my next one is a, uh, I was going back and forth between two games here, and the two that I was thinking about um, were Flip City and Sprawlopolis, and I landed on Sprawlopolis, just because I feel like both of them are small games that you can fit in your pocket and um, take with you. Uh, Sprawlopolis is a button shy game, so it is very good to fit, in, very easy to fit in your pocket. It comes in a little wallet that they always come in. Uh, this one, I think, right now is considered to be the best one they've ever released. Or re- review-wise, it's it That's definitely what I've is heard. receiving tons of accolades. Tom Basil has it like in one of his top games of the year. He yeah. really, really liked it. Uh, solo. He recommends yeah. it solo more than, than anything. Uh, just solo city builder. Just <laughs> I don't know any other ones of those. Yeah. I, and I kind of agree with him because so it's a cooperative game and you're both you're all building the city. You have your hand, you have deck, hands of cards and you're you're laying down cards each turn to flesh out this city. And you're trying to um, lessen the amount of roads that you have to um, build out. And you're trying to communally sort of communicate to get this thing built the correct way, which is kind of funny. That sort of makes me feel it's probably a, a pretty apt uh, description of how actual city building goes on <laughs> through committee, I would imagine. Um, and so Except th- instead of two players, <laughs> it's two committees. Right. Oh, which of is like hundreds of people. <laughs> well, serious decisions. Stuff, yeah, yeah. Serious opinions about things. So um, I could see how some people that is frustr- that's a frustrating structure. Our one of our friends at game night, Jeff, that would be his worst nightmare. Oh God, <laughs> playing this game cooperatively, he hates co-ops. Um, but uh, I, it's it's a fun dynamic if you're if you like that. And uh, and but I would also agree with Tom. And I feel like solo, this feels like a very dynamic, fun puzzle to figure out. And each time it's played, your what you're going after is going to be slightly different. So there is some replay v- uh, variability there. But it's just really fun game to engage with in that sense of, all right, this is the puzzle. These are my resources. I'm going to figure this out. And so mm. I'm a big solar gamer. I like Friday and other games like that. Um, and this one just shines through uh, as a solo game. But it also plays really well cooperatively as it's been meant to play with a group. So I think this is a great addition. And like you said, there's not really a game quite like this out yeah. there. Even the cooperative game, there's not quite a game that's like this. So I, I would definitely recommend Sprawlopolis. Okay. Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, I've seen gameplays of it, so I'm very familiar with the mechanisms and could probably sit down and play it, but I've never actually played it, so I'd be very interested in, in checking that out. But I've heard fantastic things. I haven't heard anybody say anything bad about it. Yeah. So. Um, all right, so I am going to go with um, my number two is a game called Rise to Power, and it is by what um ape games um and rule and make games it was uh it was it was originally kickstarted but it's now available through most online retailers it's it's uh, a few years old and it uh calls itself uh, a city built a city building strategy card game so what you're doing is you have a power plant and you have uh cards in a market that you're drafting and you're connecting it to your power plant, and then you're drawing these uh, these power cards that are basically three different suits and have different numbers. And each uh, district that you have to power, uh, and you flip them over to power them, so they go from just like a project to, I think there goes a project to a district. A district is powered, a project is just under construction, basically. And so you pay the type and amount of uh, that power, 
and you power these buildings and they give you additional uh, in-game powers. They also give you um, uh, influence points, which are ultimately what the goal is. There are uh, cool expansions that come with it. Um, I, I always question if, if something that comes with a game is, is actually an expansion. Right. Um, it says in the thing, expansion, blah, blah, blah. And there's like four of them, but they're all in the game. Like you can't buy the game without them. <laughs> yeah. So I don't even know if they qualify as expansions. Uh, but there are, uh, like you can have a CEO that gives you a certain power and then you, uh, you can use him, uh, his big power, flip him over. And then he has like a little ongoing power after that. But you have like that one time use bigger power. Um, there's, there's several of them in here and they all kind of add new wrinkles to the game. And this was one that the first time, and this happened, uh, only a handful of times, but the first time we played this, um, two of the people that we played with immediately were on their phones buying this game on <laughs> oh, Amazon. Wow. So, cool. uh, I know Jeff and, um, Brandon both bought it like before we even finished playing it. <laughs> uh, so I, I really like it. Uh, I've only played it. I don't know, maybe five or six times because uh, it was kind of one of those game of the week sort of, sure. of ones that, that I kind of got really into and then, oh, look, new shiny. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, in revisiting it, it, it really is, uh, does city building really, really well because it not only has kind of the mathiness of, okay, what can I draft to keep other people from getting them plus not get stuff that I can't afford to power um, and then where do I put it? It has that spatial element too because it has to be connected specifically in a certain way on your grid. Okay. So you can't just like slap it on anywhere. Um, and so there, there's not only the math puzzle of how do I make all this work together because you also have a power limit and, and hand limit and all these things that you have to work with that when you power things it, it can increase so some of the powers you get do increase with that so um, but it's also that spatial puzzle of how do I fit this uh, you know physically fit these cards in the right places okay. so um, I, I really like it uh, if you you said you hadn't played I hadn't, it with us yeah I didn't I for whatever reason there was I think that was during a period where I wasn't able to get to game night as often and I remember seeing you guys play it once and it looked really interesting yeah it, and it, I it is I kind of lost a third of it yeah I, I really like it um, and that is uh, that's rise to power Nice. All right. My next one is um, one that I was kind of going back and forth on, but I'm going to defend it right now. And that's Doomtown. <laughs> and, uh, you need to defend yourself. <laughs> oh, it's not, I don't know. It's persecution complex. Um, so uh, this one in uh, city building is basically you're building up your town in this game. And so that's where I think it classifies as a quote unquote city builder because you are adding buildings to your town to make your town uh, have... Um, options and action options that are available to you to let you do more and more things you know that's the definition exactly. of a city builder, see that's right? where that's my defense yeah <laughs> that's not a <laughs> however, defense that's just a city builder. <laughs> however the main thing you're doing is deck set you're uh cultivating a deck and you're using um your deck building and you're um um playing cards to do other things so the town is part of it but it is a big part so i think it qualifies and yeah it qualifies yeah exactly and I also thought it'd be fun to put in a uh, theme that isn't typically seen in a lot of city builders that I'm aware of, and that's Wild West. Um, this is uh, really, this game really captures the Wild West feel 
in a fun way, better than any other game that I've ever played. I think that's Wild West themed. This just feels really, really fun. Just it, it's it's the city building part, and but it's also a lot of there's like ranches outside of town where the bad guys live, or you have a ranch outside of town, and so you've got to go send guys to protect it, or you got to go send guys to raid the other one. So there's all this, there's very very Wild West themes and tropes that. Uh, are done very well in this game and really satisfying that you can do yourself. So it's sort of like recreate like scenes from maybe classic movies or um, just, you know, typical things you do in Wild West. Uh, there's even shootouts you can engage in. Um, so there's all this Wild West stuff in it that you get to actually do. It's not just there the, in the art. So that's like one where games. you do, when you do the shootouts, you create the poker hands? Yeah, so the game, the, the cards shootouts? are based around okay. poker suits. Okay. Yeah, and, I, uh, I really want to try that. It's great. We should definitely set up a time to play it. It's really, really fun. Um, so I think Doomtown qualifies for for sure. The city building part of it is a huge part of it and a fun aspect of it. And so um, uh, actually, it's it is a big part. I, before I was I was gonna say yeah, it's it's just a side part, but no, it's a huge part of how you get your actual victory points. So core dynamic, to consider yourself defended, Doomtown. That's my number two. <laughs> I don't know why I'm is, so defensive about it. This is our show. Like, we could be like, you know what? Monopoly is the best city builder. Pinnacle of city building. <laughs> Technically, you probably could make a case for that. Yeah, you know, but we don't have to. Um, so my my last one here, uh, and for the first time, my list is not in any particular order because I don't think necessarily this is like the best city building yeah. game in the world, but it's it's one of my favorites. Um and uh, just like you, I debated between this one and Flip City. Uh, so I think Flip City is comfortably both of our six. Yeah, I'd say. Um, I like Flip City a lot. I do too. But I decided on uh, one that I am going to defend as a city builder <laughs> as well. Uh, and that is Welcome To. Oh, I almost put this on. Because you're in a neighborhood, yeah. which is in a city, yeah. and you're building stuff. <laughs> so... Yeah, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Welcome To is a city builder. You are going through and building your neighborhood. Uh, it's a flip and write. Um, flip and fill, I think they call them, which is basically a roll and write with cards. Um, I've played this uh, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch now. Um, played it with uh, Larry and Kirsten a couple weeks ago. We, uh, we played, well, like two or three games in a row. Because uh, it is one of those games where as soon as you're done, you're like, oh... I can do this better. Yeah, let's yeah. start again, and uh, and I really like those games. Yeah, uh, the the ones where you finish and you're like, all right, hopefully I won't have to play that again for a while. <laughs> those are not on my list, uh, but I, I think Welcome to does does such a great job of being the right length and giving enough choices that there's just no way, and we were debating this, how far you would get, say if you had an arena of a thousand people playing this, you know, with like bingo scores right, up top, right. how how many turns would it take before you'd have all thousand people going down different routes? Yeah. You know, because there's, there's not just like one way that fits everything, and we all start with the same boards. Mm -hmm. So realistically, you would think, okay, well, there should be an optimal choice for every single flip but there's really not 
There's right. not because yeah, you totally. can you can even on the first turn you can flip the three, play with three, and all three people choose a different one. Yeah. Because they have a different strategy in their head where they think they're going. And apply those things to different spots in the neighborhood too. Exactly. Can, oh, so. absolutely. Yeah. You guys could we could even pick the same two cards and not, play it totally not put on the same houses. So uh, that that's one of the things that just fascinates me. Uh, really fascinates me about Welcome to uh, the most is that. There should be an optimal strategy, but I don't feel like there mathematically that there is. It's yeah. so well balanced that every every combination is viable, right? Uh, depending on kind of where you're going, where your head's at, what you're you're looking at, and uh, and and you just don't see that in many games. Most most games, I'd say ninety nine percent of games, there is an optimal play, right? Somewhere. You may not know what it is <laughs> at the moment, but there's an optimal play. And I don't feel like there's always an optimal play in, in Welcome To. I feel like they're they're so well balanced. I, I like that a lot. So. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. I, I feel like, um, yeah, it's just satisfying. It's so satisfying to have so many options available to you and directions to go. And even the ones that negatively affect you, like, uh, was it a, is it Beast? Um, that you can do, but it gives oh, yeah, you negative. Or whatever, uh, yeah, or Beast, maybe. <laughs> But it gives you negative points. It's a really powerful option. And so there's always these things, yeah. too, where even out of desperation, you can do some things that maybe aren't the best for you, but can be really powerful adjustments. So, I, yeah, I love that game, too. Also, great art design. Such an amazingly yes. designed game. Yeah, and, that retro art is super different. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of like Pleasantville. Like, yeah, the 50s when <laughs> yeah. suburbs were actually becoming a new amazing thing you can do. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah, welcome to. That's a great one. Uh, so my last one, I just I couldn't resist the siren song of Suburbia, and that is my <laughs> that is my final one. It's I mean, a great one. It is great, and it's also I was trying to think of city builders, and um, I just I haven't played Suburbia in so long, and it's been one I on my in my collection that I've been. It's getting to the top of the list of like I got to get that played soon. I just missed that game. Um, it's just a solid city builder. There's this one's the art style of Suburbia. If you've never played it, is a little dry especially compared to a lot of other games these days or yeah. even city builders in general very much so but it has such a fun that dryness is combined with a lot of humor like putting mm-hmm. that when you're building out your city and putting like a rendering plant next to the pool or something like that it's just a funny <laughs> visual image it's just like well this makes sense monetarily people i'm sorry to do this but um suburbia just does city building so well and the fact that it has um some really good expansions available too to really continue to uh expand your game i think makes it obviously one of the best choices and i'm not alone in saying this so it's not no. a surprise but no this this if this should were make the list just sure. a true ranking of the best city builders it would be my number one yeah uh, i was just trying to yeah more go with with some some slightly more obscure ones maybe ones that uh people aren't always thinking right off the top of the bat which uh but yeah the suburbia is fantastic and uh and so is quadropolis yeah and i don't think that any conversation about city builders is complete without those two i think they're they're kind of the gold standard yeah um, for sure but they're both radically different yeah uh quadropolis has nothing in common with suburbia except for the fact that you're building a city right um but they're both really fun in their own right. I think uh, Quadropolis is 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 most often looked at as kind of as, certainly as the lighter of the two, more gateway-ish than, uh, than right. Suburbia. Suburbia is a gamery game. Right. Yeah. Uh, there can be a lot of math and a lot of spatial puzzle aspects to it. Um, 
that can sort of be taken to the extreme, right. really. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's a that's a great call. So yeah, and I think Flip City was yeah we mentioned that was our honorable our, mention. Our Flip six. City, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Once again, I, I like Flip City a lot. I think that's a great and unique take on city building as well. So definitely worth ch- worth checking out. Agreed. Sure. All right, is that it? That's our that's our list. That is our list. All right, so is that we're done for the day? We huh? have done it again. All right, good on us. Cool. Well, <laughs> uh, episode two of season two. <laughs> The old double deuce yeah. is out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the title of this episode. <laughs> double deuce. <laughs> the old double deuce. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. And uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts about any city builders that you love. Or I'm sure there's there's tons out there. We've definitely missed several of them or many of them. Um, and uh, But, yeah, if you have any ones that kind of stand out to you that are what you reach for when you think of a city builder, we'd love to hear from you guys. And you, there are many ways to get a hold of us. Yes, so many ways. Um, the probably the best ways are either over Twitter or on Instagram at Roasted Games One. Uh, you can also reach out to us through email at roastedgamesco at gmail.com and then our podcast hosting site, eavesdrop.com. And there's a comment section on the Roasted Games page. Where else? What else could we suggest? Uh, you, could, you could look on Facebook for Roasted Games. Oh, that's uh, We are the ones in the search results that show up with our logo on yeah. it. Um, so definitely go for that. Uh, otherwise, uh, you could you could stand in your front yard and yell oh, angrily. Yeah. And if you idea. happen to live close to us, we may hear it. We may not. We're we in Colorado. Know. So to orient yourself, whatever direction is appropriate yes. for where you live. Yes, uh, specifically in Denver. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's probably the only other way I can really think of. But yeah, Twitter, Twitter, and Instagram are probably the preferences. Um, at Roasted Games One, and uh, we hope to hear from you. Yeah, if you do try to shout to the skies, uh, record that on video and shoot that us as well, because we'd like to see that. Yes, uh, please. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Bill's we, right. The we other way, it on our Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the digital ways are much more efficient way to do it. So, anyway, thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you guys on the next episode. Bye.